Episode 164 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. It's uh, it's just me and Katie tonight. Robert, Don't sound so thrilled about that, man. Yeah, Robert, is, Robert is feeling under the weather. He is not here. Uh, and, and anybody that's watching our camera in our room has changed because we had to rearrange for... Let's see where my hand's at. There There we go. The chameleon cage. This is our new chameleon cage. We we're getting a new chameleon. The and camera will be shifted again by next week. So yeah, don't, get, don't get too, uh, too comfortable. Uh, but we got our chameleon. We got Jim on Sunday. In Austin, we went to the Herp Show in Austin and saw the Reddies and got Jim. We had him out a second ago, but he is all over the place. So we're gonna, he's we're, super we're, active we're tonight. We're gonna build him a little uh, perch goes right here in the front, and uh, and then he can hopefully, maybe, possibly sit there. He probably won't sit still. <laughs> he might eventually. Tonight he's like checking everything out. I don't have Robert here to tell me who Facebook users. are. I'll pull it up in a minute. Uh, you want to do sponsors? Sure. If you're looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit ellisreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. He's not here, so I can do it. <laughs> uh, also, I'm trying to... Trying to do five things at one time. Uh, our friends over at Wiregrass Exotics, if you are in the South Alabama area, go to visit our friends at Wiregrass Exotics uh, for all of your reptile needs. Uh, herps, or herps shows. Ooh, I made a little tat. Wait for it. That yo 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 should have told you who that was. Who, who is it? It's Dax. Oh. <laughs> I'm a, I, uh, bam. If anybody's watching, I put the dates across the bottom. The dates for the upcoming reptile shows. Uh, the Herps Reptile Shows. The next one is Pearland, Texas, May 6th and 7th. That's here. That's our home show. We'll be there. Be there, be square. Yep. That's all of like 20 minutes away from our house. Mm -hmm. I think that's about all it takes as long as there's not a bunch of traffic. Which there will be. Uh, But then after that is the Lake Charles show, June 3rd and 4th. Conroe, Texas, June 10th and 11th. Shreveport, Louisiana, which will be an interesting show. Again, that's the one that's taking place at the Longview show. That is June 24th and 25th. Then back over to Slidell, Louisiana, July 22nd and 23rd. And then all the way up to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on July 29th and 30th. Then down to Corpus Christi, Texas, August 12th and 13th. And then Bryan College Station, August 19th and 20th. And at that point, I'm already back at school again. Boo. Why? Wow. I'm counting down. We've got 23 days till summer. Don't tell me when we're going back. Yeah, not looking forward to that. But So that is Herps. We did Robert. We did Wiregrass. Uh, oh, we on. did take our we had to take our sign off the wall yeah. because I'm OCD and it was going to cover like an inch of the sign on the wall and I couldn't handle it. And, and my amazing husband said he'd move it. Yes. So. Read nothing into us taking the uh, sign from no. you down. That, that sign is going back up. It is. Here. I just I just couldn't. It needed to be centered in the wall. And so I, it had to come down and, and get relocated. Big ass chameleon cage took up too much of the wall. God, Yes, it does. Cage is huge. In case anybody's wondering, four by two by two is a. Uh, it's huge. It's a big fucking cage. <laughs> But it looks it's a, great. It's about a uh, four foot by two foot by two foot. It's about how big it is. He's he's loving the cage though. He moves around and checks it out. And I guess I have found that I like him better when he's asleep. Not because he's asleep. His oh, co- you like his, the colors his better? Colors his pajamas. His, his his pajamas. I guess they're, they're, he's like orange and red yellow. and yellow, mm-hmm. which I like better. Yep. So I just need him to be asleep more. <laughs> um, but 
Uh, also, if you want to save 15% on your VivTech purchase for LED bulbs or any of the smart devices we talked about last week with Ryan, you can use code GUMBO22, save 15% on your order for VivTech, which we have running uh, on top of our cage up there, VivTech bulbs. So we'll see how he does with them. And that's all the sponsors. Well, oh, for now. For now, except for I'm going to bring in our guest because that's... That's a segue into our guest. Uh, <laughs> we have a new sponsor. Our- I got to write up a new blurb. You do. Our, our new sponsor uh, is our guest tonight, and it is Louis Patoe of Little's, Lil's Shop of Horrors. The little part gets me all the time. <laughs> got it. How's it going, guys? Good. How's it going? It's going. So, Louis, what do you do? You're our new sponsor. What do you do? So, uh, yeah, uh, we breed uh, breed rats and mice. Uh, mice are coming online here shortly. And uh, dubia roaches. We also do uh, Madagascar hissing cockroaches and a few different isopod species. Gross. As well. <laughs> yeah. You know- I, so, I actually found a picture of our daughter when she was like four because someone took her to a bug day event and someone bought her Madagascar hissing cockroaches. I don't talk about it. And then called me and said, hey, your daughter is so excited about what she just got. And then put her on the phone to tell me how happy she was about her cockroaches. To which I responded, why don't you put your daddy back on the phone? Um, Needless to say, they've never been allowed to go anywhere that has live animals without me again. But I have a picture of four-year-old Joe with a giant hissing cockroach in her hand. And she's like giving a program in front of a bunch of kids about him. You, you know what's funny is is the native roaches we have. Gross, I, I will I will squeal like oh, a little child, James and Joe and, will call me to kill it. Yeah, I don't do roaches. <laughs> that I call my wife. Yeah, that's the first thing I do. Come come on in here and take care of this. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, we rearranged an entire room one night because there was one that got in the house after a bad rainstorm. We couldn't find it to kill it. Oh. Neither one of us wanted to go to bed, so I'm like, all right, well then you have to help me rearrange furniture so we can find it. And we ended up like moving furniture to be able to find it, and because I wasn't going to sleep without a body. Well, so here's here's something to scare you even more about them. And so a couple, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago, I was out uh, out herping out west and um, walking a cut, walking a cut, and all of a sudden, boom! Something hits me in the ear, and uh, and uh, it was a moth. A moth wedged itself in my ear, and as soon oh, as it geez. did that, it uh, the world just started spinning. I started puking. Called my buddy down. He came running down, like, "Dude, bug in my ear. Can you get it out?" Couldn't get it out. Long story short, ended up in a hospital in Del Rio. Uh, just by the way, that's a waiting room for a uh, real hospital because they're not going to do anything for you there. So, uh, end up going home, going to sleep, going to. Uh, San Antonio the next day to go get it taken care of. But what I learned out of that was moths, uncommon roaches. Every doctor I spoke to, I'm pulling roaches out of people's ears all the time. Never have I ever pulled a moth out. So that's what I learned out of that situation. Did you know that moths can also fly into your eyeball and wedge themselves behind your eyeball? What? Where did you say? Because because when my brother played Little League Baseball... (laughs) He was playing first base, and the pitcher suddenly whacked himself in the face with his glove and hit the mound. No one knew what was going off. My dad was coached. This was before my dad passed away. Well, I figured that um, eighteen years ago. Um, 
And dad was coaching with a Ouija board. Stop. So (laughs) they, I mean, the kids were like seven or eight guy. He comes out to the field, to the mound and all Chase is doing is screaming. It's in my eye. It's in my eye. It's in my eye. We have no clue what's happening. So my dad just does what he thinks it will help and grabs water bottles and just starts pouring water into this kid's eye. And all of a sudden, this moth the size of a 50 cent piece comes flying out of his eye. That's fucking horrible. And Chase just starts crying, this poor kid. (laughs) And he was like, I'm okay. It's gone. Ended up pitching the rest of the game, mind you. But uh, yeah, that was probably the most terrifying. I've never been so happy to wear glasses before until that day. Because I was like, I have a covering. Things can't just randomly fly into my eyeballs. Well, yeah. That's scary as hell. So can always be worse, huh? God. I, uh, see, my problem with just, I, so I lived in a townhouse at one point. So those, they're, you know, connected to other houses. So whatever happens in one townhouse, you're at, at the will of the other townhouses. And I'm sitting there watching TV one night and this big ass, well, I feel something hit my shoulder. And without thinking, I slap at it and just roach goo. All over my my shoulder at that point. I can't. And I just I swore I could smell it for days. Uh, I can't do it. But if it's like hissing cockroaches or dubias, it took me a while. A friend of mine talked me into dubias, and I was like, oh well, they can't climb. Uh, they fall over on their backs. They can't flip over. They're pretty stupid. I can do these things. Yeah, yeah, no, and I have no problem with them. I've, I have mistakenly seen one, you know, jump out, not realize what it was, you know, and then see it running through the house when I kept him at the house and freak out. And it's like, oh, it's one of the dubia, you know, catch him stood up in the middle of the house just staring at the cats, you know. So, uh, <laughs> when I was keeping mine, every now and then I would have, I swear, they were, every now and then I'd have a male born with an extra, like, set of wings. They were, they were weird shaped and they were longer and these could fly a little they bit like flutter i feel like flutter is yeah a better they were, word to they were taking it. off but they could they could definitely they go could from like a high hover. area and go go a distance those got fed yeah. out pretty quick every time those popped up yeah i've never had a female running around my house when i kept them here but i did have i would find males occasionally <laughs> and, and they definitely do jump and, and glide like what you're describing yeah. we found a female once we were coming home next to our doorbell outside on the brick wall a dubia <laughs> yeah i remember that it was the house with uh, we're on the highway there. Yep, yeah. I remember finding it on the side of the wall. I'm like, how the fuck did a dubia get here? It's a guard dubia. Yeah, <laughs> really multi-purpose, you know. So you do rodents. Uh, we talked a little bit at the show this weekend about rodents, but we'll talk about it again. And um, you're, you're starting mice, and my, and my problem's always been with mice is that they just they smell horrible. Uh, are you looking forward to that? Uh, you know, so I don't, uh, we have a facility that we, uh, keep all of our rodents and feeder insects. What at. did you being fancy and not just uh, still in a spare bedroom? Uh, well, I did that for many years. You know, <laughs> it was, it was my, it was my snake room was, uh, full of, uh, roaches for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not too worried about it. And, uh, I, I don't mind cleaning rodents. That's something that I would, I'd rather be doing that every day. Uh, I, I can deal with that. So I mean, somebody's got to do it. I'm glad it's not me. I can't so. do. It. I, kept, I kept a few rats in no, college. It was my least favorite thing we've ever had. I would rather have the cockroaches every day than have rats or mice that are alive. I kept in a my few life. rats in college, and, and I'd, they'd breed, and I'd, and I'd they take the babies the once they were like out of me. I like can't. Fuzzies. But yeah, once so I had someone gave me what was it? Someone gave me a fe- like two females, 
And I was like, oh, I can find a mail easy at PetSmart. So I went to PetSmart and bought a mail. I was like, all right, I'll try this for a little while. And the day that mail died, I was like, all right, I'm done breeding rats. And I fed all the females. Uh, and that was the last time I tried breeding rodents. And I was, I was, he's tried to talk our daughter into it several times. He's like, you know, we could sell these and you could make money and yeah. you could keep the money. And she's like, man, it's she's not work. buying it. Yeah. I need her to breed mice for me. That's all I need for, for my Sambo. So she can just breed me mice, but she's not buying it. So, but I was like, you should breed my, you should breed your own rodents. It's cheaper. I was like, I get it, but I'm expensive myself. I'm, my time is expensive. I, I can't afford me. Uh, so I can't breed rodents. Mm-mm. I'd much rather just buy them frozen. And then go to my and that, freezer. And that's fine. We'll take care of that for there you. you go. We'll, we'll do all that part. We, we like that part over here. So how many breeding female rats do you have? Like, do you have an idea of the number of female breeding rats you have right now in your facility? Uh, ooh, probably close to five, six hundred. Jesus right Christ. Now. That's, that's a shit ton of rats. Kind of makes my heart palpitate a little bit. That's just the it breeding females. So, so you probably would have half of that in male, or probably a quarter of that in males. So the way I keep my rats is I, I keep them paired up all the time. Um, so I'm gonna keep them in like you know standard kind of concrete bin, and uh, I keep my males with my females. There's definitely pros and cons to doing in like a vat style where you have multiple f- females in there to one male, and you kind of cycle them in and out, especially for like uh, concentrating your breeding and trying to bring out the best in your uh, females through selective breeding. But with, uh, with all the rats that we have uh, just with, with working a full-time job on top of it, I just don't have time to go through and, and pick out pregnant females like that. So I keep them all housed together. So we have quite a few males as well. That's a lot of rats. I, uh, I did get some from you this weekend and I have not fed them out yet, but I was very impressed with, and we talked about this before we got on here. The mediums are actually mediums. I know a lot of people have had, a, had rodent people. They've wore like a medium before and they get it and it's a small rat. And you're like, well, and then I've gotten before, uh, <laughs> I've gone to feed and I've thawed out some small rats and I thought out medium rats, but I'll put them like in the same bag to thaw out. And then I've gotten up there and I've poured them out and I've realized I can't tell the difference between the small and the mediums. And I have no idea which one was which. I know I paid more for one of them, uh, but I have no idea which one is which. So I was happy to see that the smalls look like smalls and the mediums look like mediums. Yeah. And that's one thing we definitely strive for is just being as consistent in sizing as possible. You know, that if you come, you get a medium for us. And, you know, the standards right now for weights on on rodents, you know, that's what we're going with is just kind of the standard big big box store kind of weights. But I think as time goes on and as more customers kind of air their grievances with the standard sizes they're getting, I think we're really going to kind of hone it down and have multiple sizes there. Cause I've definitely heard more of a, more people really interested in that aspect. So they'll pick in between and, and again, be consistent. Yes. Well, I want to get more into, I'm sorry. I your I'm, knee. I'm okay. I want to get more into uh, how you do your rodents and on a second, but I did post a question today. It says, what is the number one thing you look for in feeder source for your reptiles? Uh, and, and because it goes along with what we're talking about here. So I'm going to go through a few of these. Uh, our friend Erica McVeigh over at VivTech said, if we're talking about rodents, clean fur, good muscling, lack of abscesses or obvious infection and ethical care. Uh, I've never had the issue, but I have heard of folks getting like, you know, tumor ridden rats, which is not really, al- which it's not always horrible. I mean, rat, a lot of rats do get tumors, uh, and it happens and I mean, they can eat them. It's not like you're going to catch tumors from tumors. It's not a, not the flu, but. I mean, if you're ordering something and paying good money, you don't want 
just you want it to be healthy. Yeah, you don't want the leftover uh, tumor ridden rats that they're just trying to get rid Damn, of. Damn, that's kind of yeah. Yeah, it happens. I've never even thought about that. You can tell which side of the hobby I hang out on. It's not the side that's feeding. <laughs> um, our friend Lee Reddy uh, from the uh, Reddy's Rainforest said consistent sizing, which we've talked about, uh, well-fed and clean, which we will get into how you feed your rodents in a minute. Um, we talked about that at the show a little this weekend. Yeah, and so I want to talk about that. Uh, Leo said, I feel like all of that is number one when looking at the feeder source. And, and Lee is big on on the feeding part. We've talked to Lee with because of the chameleon. Mm-hmm. Uh he really is big on feeding your feeders. Yes. Um, especially with insects because he's doing chameleons. And, you know, a lot of people, and we've been guilty of this, but we've gotten better at it in recent time. But we've gone in to, the last two days. <laughs> well, no, we, well, we've gone to pets. No, we've before, gotten a lot better in the last six months, even. And gotten like crickets and then come home and then feed out crickets. Right. Right. And those crickets haven't really eaten anything and really have nothing inside of them. So, you know, we've gotten better at that. Uh, our friend Victor said, "Consistency is what you feed your feeders is key. Uh, consistency and what you feed your feeders is key to a good source of healthy feeders." Again, we'll get to that. Scott Wright said, "A, a good sense of humor." Uh, I've never asked my rodent person if they had a good sense of humor, but maybe I should. Maybe I should add that to my list. Maybe you didn't understand the question. I think I do. Or is it a joke? And I it's just probably don't a get joke. joke. It just jumped over your head. You're good. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Adriana Frey said, "For rodents, mainly that they appear clean and healthy, well fed." No open wounds and abscesses. Man, people are really getting some fucked up rats out there. I uh, I want to. I've anybody, never. I don't. If anybody in our chat that's listening live, if you've gotten any abscess-ridden, open wounded rodents. Well, the Facebook user that says that the tumors are just extra meat is John extra. Grant. John Grant doesn't. John Grant will feed whatever he's. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say John Grant's cheap, but that's just because that sounds mean. But he's. But I'm thinking it. <laughs> I'm just not saying it. Uh, uh, Lonnie said the number one most important thing for me is that they are healthy. Uh, Laura said healthy appearing animals, clean, well packed and frozen solid when they arrive. Yeah. I, uh, I've got a few mice in my freezer right now that are like a head, a body. Oh yeah. 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 Like, and I can't fucking feed that out. I can't feed a headless mouse to a snake. That's not going to go well. And when he thawed God. out, it's just going to get, that's going to be messy. So yeah, that does, that does bother me. Uh, Aaron King said that the, <laughs> this is for tortoises that the weeds he collects for his tortoises have been sprayed, have not been sprayed with weed killer. Uh, and Jack, I know how to pronounce his name because he told us Jack, even though it's spelled oh, with an S. Uh, said I breed my own rodents so I don't, so I know what they eat and what their health, that they're healthy and they've got good living conditions. Yeah, Lee Reddy said that when what they did with their rodents was they would feed them leafy greens and vegetables in the mornings and then feed them off in the afternoons. Oh, to the... Oh, okay. Anyways, so let's get into what you feed your rodents. Because that was one thing. Uh, you're not just... I just got that all wrong. Yeah. They feed the crickets and things, leafy greens and vegetables in the mornings, and then feed them off in the afternoon. But they also did it with their rodents when they bred ASFs and rats. Yes. There we go. There you go. I, James made me go to the gym, and my brain is not completely working, and I think my arms are going to fall off my body. So I apologize. <laughs> So, so Lewis, what do you feed? Because you're not just feeding just like a bag of Missouri chow and that's it and walking away. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly tweaking our diet and looking at how to improve it. And especially as we're getting, uh, you know, more papers come out and we can read more about uh, wild rodent diets and stuff like that, trying to mimic that a little bit more. 
try to get a uh, kind of closer diet to maybe what they're going to be running into in the wild where, you know, with the standard diets that you're getting, you're getting a very basic lab formula that's, you know, intended to be consistent. And uh, while we do feed a consistent diet, we also mix in a lot of insects uh, to our feed. Uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we have moved away from doing live or from doing vegetables. And just the reason for that is to the point about cleanliness. Uh, when we do that, you know, sometimes the rats are going to get the runs yeah. and uh, they'll end up uh, pooping on their babies and uh, it just leads to problems. So we've kind of end up having to remove that as as much as we'd like to do it, it just doesn't seem to keep it clean. Um, but we feed a mix of, uh, it's going to be just three commercial diets mixed together, uh, different feeds that you can get. And uh, with that, we're feeding a, a high protein diet for our uh, rodents. And then we're also going to be adding a, a multivitamin powder on top of their feed. And, and that's consistent. And then a uh, couple times a week, we're going to do a coconut oil and molasses mixed into their feed. Uh, just to really get uh, more kind of energy for the females running through, because uh, we do we do run them pretty hard, and uh, to keep them you know good good lactation and then good good fat on the uh, animals we're raising up. Yeah, that's a far more rounded diet than what I eat. That's a, maybe most of our animals at our house eat better than you do. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, like my dinner consisted of cantaloupe tonight. Like, that's not that's not your dinner. I'm gonna make you dinner when we're done. I'm just saying. Those, that was your you pre-podcast snack. You was would not have eaten cantaloupe. I did not eat cantaloupe. <laughs> uh, so Hard County Herb said that decapitated mouse in your bag is probably shipping damage. It may be. Uh, that is why I like I, I like getting. Uh, why can I think of it when they're frozen and they're packed and they're. Uh, shit. That makes sense. My brain is shut She's, down. Uh, they also said the dry ice gets them so frozen that they can actually yeah. physically break. What, why can I think of when you have vacuum sealed? Jesus Christ, my brain is shut down. Uh, I like getting vacuum sealed rodents. Uh, they tend to look better, and they don't. You don't tend to get as uh, a whole clump frozen together. You may get two frozen together, but that's fine. They'll usually break apart. Um, pinkies, though, are one of the worst ones, and, and I know it's hard with pinkies because there's no hair and they. they they're a pain, but God, a bag of pinkies is a pain in the ass. John Grant yeah. said your Louisiana pine will eat that head. No issues. I'm sure. I'm not looking forward to the goo that comes out of the head or the body because the, the rest of it's not there. That's why we had a monitor. If we had monitor lizards, they could eat that stuff. Are you talking about like when they go to strike at it and they squeeze? Or are yep. you talking about or when you thaw it out? Both. Oh, okay. When you thaw it out, goo is going to come out of it. Oh, we don't have cats. Uh, yeah, I don't have cats. James cats, hates cats. Because cats suck. James probably hates cats more than he hates ball pythons. Oh, I 100% hate cats more than ball pythons. Ball pythons are at least a snake. Uh, I hate cats. Hate, <laughs> hate cats. Did I mention I hate cats? Yes. I don't know if I mentioned I hate cats. Oh, good. Uh, I'll be more specific. I hate feral outdoor cats. cats. Not even feral. Outdoor cats. Even the ones that the person goes, it's my pet. It's not your fucking pet once you put it outside. It's not. Especially if you're the one that feeds like 40 cats and you can't hold or touch any of them. Those aren't pets. Stop that. You're a crazy cat person. So, uh, Reddy's Rainforest said that it sounds like you've got a great gut load for your rodents and offering beneficial things to the rodents that really help them. So, in turn, it's going to benefit the animal eating it as well. And, and that's exactly. You know, we're... 
there's multiple kind of things that kind of led me to doing this uh, besides just wanting to run our own business and, and the effort we put in is what we get out. Um, so I breed a uh, great band of King snakes and over the years of me doing those, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty kind of standard. And especially from talking with buddies, you know, that you're going to get kinked animals. And while, while this is going to be very anecdotal, uh, my experiences, I went through this, couple years in a row here and started doing, um, you know, supplementing their prey items, uh, more with just like a powder on the outside and, uh, you know, seeing the, the offspring come out of that had just dramatic, dramatically changed the structure of the babies coming out where coming out substantially more robust, the biggest eggs I've gotten out of my girls, uh, no kinking at all. And I, and I really think the major factor in that is going to be the nutrition of the meal that they're getting. That's really awesome that you've seen a difference in feeding specific snakes, better fed rodents. And in turn, you're seeing an improvement in the, the snake itself. Okay. I'm going to interrupt this. Please don't put it on the screen. Oh no, it's going on the screen. Uh, L and our, and our chat shared a picture over on our Facebook page of a, uh, a tumor ridden uh, rodent. And because I have to look at it, uh, the rest of y'all have to look at it. Uh, if I remember how to put it on here. Oh, God. It's going to be big on the screen. Oh, it's going to be big it. on the screen. It's it's going to be... Oh, how do I... Wait. There we go. There we go. Everyone take a look at that. God. If you're watching, feel free to look I at it. I would not feel comfortable feeding that mm. out. Oh, God. It is... It's like... I don't even know what to compare it to. It's horrible. It's just horrible. It's go check it out. It's on the question we posted on our <laughs> go Facebook. Go check it page. out. It's horrible. Well, everybody else needs to vomit a little bit in their mouth too. Um, John Grant. <laughs> what did John Grant say? He said, "Yummy." <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh God, I could not imagine getting that. I'd, I'd be very upset if that came in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. It, so that the person that shared that is is my wife. Oh, so the, oh. the Lil and Lil Shop of Hearts. Yeah, that that's crazy. I, I couldn't imagine packaging that up and you know and like wow. actually sending it out. Oh, to I could somebody. totally imagine someone sending it out though. <sighs> but you know how does that happen, right? Uh, to me, that must be an employee, right? Like that can't be the person that's producing that animal that started. But that you don't that want goes, an employee. Here you go. You don't want an employee that works for you to send it out. Like that's attached to your business. I, I mean, of course you don't, but <laughs> you know, if, if that's point, the owner doing that, that's wild. Why? So Why see it. It's, <laughs> man, it's just horrible. I could see up. someone, one of those money grab type people who don't care. They're just like, they got into it real quick to make money. And then, I mean, that probably won't. I'm be only a- looking at you because I don't want to look at the screen and there's nowhere else in the room to look right now. <laughs> you don't want to look at that? No. Imagine that, like in a deep fryer. Oh my god! That's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like somebody has deep fried. They battered it and deep fried it. Yummy! Just imagine you go to like KFC. And I'm you gonna box throat chicken. punch you in two and, seconds. And that came in your box chicken. <laughs> okay, it's Don't you ruin fried chicken for me? It's gone. Oh god! Oh, wow! Wow! Yeah, I know. When she showed me that picture, I was. Uh, I also had your same reaction. I did not want to look at it. That was so that gross. was pretty crazy. And so that, that's the other factors. Uh, so I, my current, uh, what I do for a living is uh, the medical field. And uh, so going through and just kind of keeping a high quality in what we're doing is just a part of what I've been doing for a long time now, just not away from the pet section of it. And 
you know, just seeing stuff like that, right? It just gives you nightmares, you know, seeing what, what someone's willing to package up and send out. You know, we're going through our stuff with a fine tooth comb, you know. If it has a little poop on the fur, it's not getting packaged it up. It's going in the reject reject bin. See, and I I don't know. I guess because he is James is very particular if snakes are being shipped out or if he's selling them at a show or if anything is leaving with our name on it, whether it's his personal hobby business, whether it's Reptile Gumbo Podcast, whether it's he's very particular about how the public views us. Yeah. And I just, I guess, cause we've been together for 18 years. Like that blows my mind that somebody would have put that in a well, package. Like, and the, in this hobby, oh. the one thing you have in this hobby, whether you are a rodent breeder or a reptile breeder is your name. And it's very hard to build your name up, but it is very easy to ruin it. <clears throat> and quickly. That's true. Um, unless you're someone who's been in the hobby for, 35, 40 years, and you have a big enough name, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want, and you still sell shit. I'm not going to throw out any names. Don't get bitter. You sound bitter. But there are some uh, retic people that oh. are like that. Anyways. <laughs> There's quite a few. So what what made you get into this? Like, what made you decide, I'm going to breed and sell rodents and dubias and things like that? Yeah, so to do it on a... a I, anything I do, I can never just kind of do it for fun. Uh, anything that I ever get into, it's just I know like people like that. How can I completely overwhelm myself with this and just <laughs> make this a uh, a constant focus? Uh, I guess I'm running from stuff. I don't know, but uh, you know, with uh, with taking care of these rats and starting that, you know, it really started with. The thing that I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do this myself was uh, I was having a conversation uh, with uh, Tim Gebhardt from Vivid Reptiles. And we were talking about feeders and going through and nutrition and just, you know, talking with him. That that guy is such a wealth of knowledge. And the way he looks at a situation and how to handle it is uh, so unique. And so getting to really sit down and have conversations with him over time and, and talk about what he was doing uh, really kind of made me decide to really commit to doing this. And then when, when I do it, I, I got to really commit to everything I do. So start off with a 500 square foot building and then uh, up to, you know, a thousand square foot building now and just uh, started like that. So I don't know if, if he's listening or not right now, but a wise man once told me that if it's worth doing, it's worth doing extra. Um, so my dad, yes. yeah, <laughs> one extra person, <laughs> but I'm like that too. Like I'm one of those, like if I find a hobby, I'm like, Hey, I have a hobby. This hobby can make money. And then I'm like, how can I make money with this hobby? And then, yeah, it's see, and mine are like, Oh, you have a hobby. Let's suck every spare change you have into this hobby, but you're not going to want to do it enough to make money off of it. Because then it's not a hobby for me anymore, and it's not fun anymore. But, I don't want to do it for other people. But, but I want to do it for fun. me. Money's lots of fun. <sighs> and, and that's the main reason I don't sell reptiles is is kind of that sentiment. is uh, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I have to sell a snake. I started off working at a pet shop. I did that for years. And, you know, you have the person come in that you try to educate everybody that comes in and, and get them on board with what you're doing the proper way to do it but sometimes you have the person that comes in and they're just not on board with that but 
they got their money and you know, you got, got bills to pay. Right. So, so you sell that animal and, uh, you know, having the disconnect of being again, an employee in that situation, I think helped it. But the idea of uh, me doing that myself, and then I just not, not something I've ever wanted to do. That's why I like it as a hobby. I, I breed as a hobby and sell snakes because if it sells, it sells. And if it doesn't, it can come back home. Yeah. I can live with it not going. I can live with it staying with me for two or three years if I need to, until I find the right home for it. Whereas, you know, I've got friends who, and, and it's not a knock against them, but they've got to sell stuff. Cause they've got to, I mean, they got to live. Um, and again, most of my friends that I have that do have to do that still do it responsibly. They don't, you know, they don't sell shit There's, to everybody. Yeah. It's, there are some that definitely don't do it right. But I, I like not having that stress. If I go to a show and I don't sell anything, I look at the show as it was just a fun trip for me. And yeah, it cost me whatever it was to be there. And if I make anything, it's a bonus. Um, so that makes it more fun for me. It's not, there's no stress there for me. Yes. And of course, actually, you know, absolutely no no shade on anybody by any means that makes a living through selling reptiles we're totally behind that but just for me personally not what i wanted to do and uh so so i breed feeders instead because uh you know i've been a part of this community for forever i'm always been kind of that the outside guy uh and you know not not many people know my name uh but i've been around for a while doing this and uh you know, that, that's how I like it. Well, the good thing about feeders, uh, we talk about at shows, the people that make the most money are feeders and like dry, dry goods. goods. It's not the animal people because animals still need dry goods and they still need feeders. Even if you're not buying more animals, you still need feeders. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way to go. That's that's the smart thing. Uh, just most of us aren't, aren't smart enough to do it. Or oh, the th- crazy the thing enough. too is that... Uh, I think, you know, it's it's so funny, right? Getting back to the gut loading and insects, you know, we know that to be a thing and everybody does it and, and that's what you should do. But it seems like with rodents, we just don't think about it at all. And we go, well, you know, this, the snake's happy and, you know, it breeds and it eats, right? Which we've all heard, right? And I, and I think over time, uh, I got to spend a lot of time early on over in, uh, Europe. And one of the things I like doing was going around to the different pet shops. And just nerding out at the different things they had around there. And it was a completely different way of keeping, you know, 10 years ago already compared to what we're doing now. And and kind of walking through and seeing and going, you know, I think that the American model of reptile keeping is going to go this way. And over time, seeing it happen. That's cool. You know, where, you know, so it's, it's not about quantity it's about quality yeah you know and uh i like that you know so let's do that with our feeders you know how do we get that into people's houses like that the one problem i've i found with feeders it's crazy how and i get it it's a business it has to be that way in certain situations but it's crazy how expensive they've gotten in the last 20 years but i mean it's everything it's just Man, what I can get for four hundred dollars? Use I mean, I made a big order a while back for four hundred, and it was like, man, I could have gotten the same stuff for way less before. <laughs> and it gets painful, but it's just. But people will now you'll pay for quality. The problem is people hate paying that much and then getting a headless mouse, and you're like, awesome, I wasted, you know, a dollar. Yeah, and well, you know, and and your dollar counts, right? That is money that you've earned, and you worked hard for that. And so many, you know, just and this is again, not about any 
feeder person in particular or anything. This is just all customer service in general right now. You know, it just, it seems like you're, you're owed this and, and, you know, you should be lucky to, to be able to go into that store. And it's not about, you know, the customer anymore. And, you know, in pets and that the customer can definitely be wrong. Uh, that, it's not something we abide by that the customer is always right. Oh yeah. I've worked retail. The customer is not always right. <laughs> no, not at all. And you know, and it's animals lives that Muscle we're talking teacher. about when we just kowtow down to that and go, yeah, that's the way it is. But, uh, you know, here we're really trying to provide good customer service on top of a high quality road. I think that's awesome that you're truly focusing on quality over quantity. You're still on the readies. I am. It was. It sounded good. You're ready to type it, and you're like, "I'm still." Sorry, Brittany Deason says I'm the brains and the pretty face. Take that, bitch. I can. Mute you. I, <laughs> I love you. I, I still want dinner tonight. I can mute your I'm, microphone. I, I completely regret that statement. I retract it because <laughs> I, I want you to cook me dinner tonight. That was, that was powerful. I got ahead of myself. It was until she realized consequences. Everything has consequences. His sandwiches are so much better than mine. I just want him to cook tonight. Oh. Uh, so one thing that I have always found weird with uh, with pricing on stuff, and I blame ball python people for this, is small rats. Uh, I've seen so many places Wait. where the small rat price. Oh, you told more, me about this it's before. It's more than like a medium rat because the demand for small rats because of ball python people uh, is so much higher, and that just blows my mind every time that happens. But I mean, I get it. They're 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 buying shit tons of them, and they gotta buy them, so charge more. But like, I mean, yeah, I get I get that. I'm like, fuck them. Every now and then, I need small rats. <laughs> And then I can't get small rats because they're sold out or they cost like a dollar more. I know you fuss a lot because they're sold out. So fucking small rats. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know, that that's capitalism, right? Now like, we that's know that it works. But uh, yeah, yeah, we so far we do not have that problem. We always have small rats. That's awesome. Uh, quite a few. But and that's the thing. Price goes up, but the quality's gone down over time. So yes. you yeah. don't ship yet, right? Or We're are you sh- ever going to plan on shipping? We definitely do plan on shipping, getting that figured out. You know, the the problem is, is that, you know, to me, I, I don't want to come to people and go, yeah, here's your road and it's uh, $80 in shipping. You know, that's uh, that's going to turn away a lot of people. Now, all of this that I'm saying with our the quality of our roads and everything, we're comparable to most of the big uh, road and breeders you're going to find online uh, that you'll be able to get through so we're gonna we're gonna be competing with those prices uh but right now yeah our shipping's you know if i was just to do it right now uh it's gonna be substantially higher and i don't want to do that to people uh i think at some point we'll offer it even if it's not exactly where i want it to be at that time for the people that do uh want to get the quality that we're offering and willing to pay a little bit more for shipping um but uh just trying to get that that cost down it's hard to compete with someone shipping out thousands of packages but yeah, and it's tricky because a lot of them now are like, if you get this much, you get free shipping. And you're like, not everybody can do that. Yeah. I guess yeah. that way. I, uh, let's see if I can get to, why is it not, what in the world? Hold I on. have no idea what you're doing. So I can't I'm trying to put their price list up there for rat rodents. I was putting it up there because I liked the bottom part where it says pet. No, I like that. And then it was $10. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. I mean, that reminds me of when I used to get rabbits. That were like show rabbits that had slight issues that would sell for like 40 bucks and I would get them for free because it had an ear that was misshapen or something. So, but pet rats, I, I don't know. I always see people with pet rats and then like 
I get it. They're cool pets. But my uh, my food for me. My late sister in law always had rats. She did. Queso. She had a white rat named Queso. <laughs> she always named them after food. <laughs> but I was just trying to go ahead. I was say if it wasn't for a rat, uh, that that was my first pet that got me got my mom into this pet shop that I ended up volunteering at and uh, ended up being the thing that opened up this this whole world to me was a, a hairless rat that I used to carry around in a fanny pack and uh, I would take him everywhere with me. Oh my and, gosh, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Just little ball sacks. <laughs> there you go. That's, that was his batteries is what I used to call him as a kid. <laughs> there's, so, there's so much worse when they have no hair and giant nuts. <laughs> Well, just, they just feel like a nut sack already. I you know, know, and then it's just, and then you get to the back and they just hang. The ones in. that have like the little bit of face, the little bit a of hair little, on their face, fa- those freak me out. Like the guinea pigs, like that the have, hairless yeah, guinea pigs that, that have, have the landing just strip the right there on those bit of hair on their face. Those are fucking weird. <laughs> uh, Darren asks, "Have you ever lost or had to euthanize rats due to disease or sickness? Uh, if so, roughly how many animals lost?" Uh, we've not had any experiences with that. Uh, so far, what we've done is the animals that we brought in, um, it's two lines of rodents. And uh, once those came in, uh, we just completely stopped uh, bringing any other rodents. So it's a close collection. Uh, we're definitely always keeping an eye out for something, but haven't had any issues yet. Yeah, that's normally the issue I, I've heard with, uh, when we talked about this before, with, with rodent companies that, uh, there have been several that have lost entire collections where they're like, I'm going to bring in new blood. And as great as that idea sounds in your head, uh, it really fucks up in reality when they come in and one is sick and you lose everything because of it. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, it, and just as time's gone on, right, seeing the testing that's coming out as the hobbies evolved and, and science has moved forward, uh, you know, we're starting to pick up different pathogens and, and reptiles and what we're seeing that, you know, might have been present from the beginning. Uh, and we just haven't seen them, but when you throw, you know, animals in from all different spots, uh, it's going to, stuff's going to change. Yeah. Okay. So then the really nerdy side of me wants to know, have you written any data down on the positive changes that your rat snakes have had? Are your rat snakes? Not rat snakes. The, um, yeah, you said you have rat snakes, right? Uh, I keep transpicos rat snakes. Oh, yeah. yeah and, uh, but because yeah. those are the ones that you've noticed positive changes in since you've been feeding them feeders that have been on a better diet. Have you like documented any of this? Is there like, now I'm like, I want to do a study. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sad to say I have Such not, other than just uh, anecdotal, just seeing, you know, those babies come out and just seeing, seeing the differences and that just the robustness so of them. Cool. Like, I feel like somebody out there, this is a study for you. You're looking for something to write about. You're looking for something to study. This would be cool. Well, if you are, with let me know. We'll provide f- rodents. With all that free uh, time I have in my life. <laughs> well, and, and that's, you know, it's funny, right? You start to look up, uh, you know, snake nutrition and uh, rodent diets, and, and you can find some stuff. And that's, you know, that's how I started this was we started looking at, well, what what do snakes need in their diet? And then when, okay, well, what are rats eating in the wild? Okay. And then that's how we pieced our diet together to come up with what we have now. So, you know, we're attempting to do that uh, with using, you know, different research papers, but there's a lack of information there and a lack of study in that. And so 
you know, as time goes on and as, you know, hopefully revenue grows and, and we're able to, you know, funding those own, our own studies to see what's going on and getting to test our own rodents, uh, you know, in set lots that, hey, you know, this lot of rodents, this is what you're getting. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that we would like to offer, you know, as a standard thing where it's not just, I think that's cool. Here's a rat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's cool that you feed insects to them so you, they get protein. Uh, they're not just getting a, you know, a a formed a block, a formed block of food. Yeah, yeah, and we also feed a, a soy free diet for for what it's worth for people that want to stay away from that. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you you look at those rant, those those standard rodent diets, and it's optimized for the rodent. And uh, you know, just like any other company, right? They're trying to cut costs and and make the cheapest quality food they can, and you know, obviously you can, you can breed rodents and keep reptiles alive, feeding rodent block, no issue. Um, but can we do better, you know? Well, and with feeding, we, we, the only thing we tend to normally think of is underfeeding or overfeeding of snakes. But again, mm-hmm. we don't tend to think of quality feeding of snakes because, uh, and because we don't tend to think of it again, there's not enough, there's not enough information out there on, on how much better is it for this snake to do yeah. that? Especially, uh, it goes species to species, you know, certain snakes, you know, a boa, the way they digest food is completely different than the way a rat snake's going to digest food. Right. And, a, and a, a, a rat is not a rat is not a rat, you know, but that's something that it doesn't necessarily, it's not, it's not very much high on the list of things that we're concerned with, I guess, in the hobby. But it's moving Although that way. Although it, it definitely should move that way. I agree. So. Yeah. And, and, and that's definitely something, you know, go, going out and getting to, to see these snakes in the wild and seeing what their body shape looks like compared to, you know, when you're just going through and, and scrolling and looking at most of the snakes that are getting, you know, pictures uploaded of them. Uh, they're usually pretty, they're usually pretty thick, you know? And, uh, when you're picking up a snake in the wild, not that you can't find a real chunk every once in a while, usually it's not that way. You know, it's going to be a, a, an athletic looking animal. Well, that's, the what's in your rodent is important because our snakes are not acting the way they are in the wild. They don't, you know, just by, it doesn't matter how big of a cage you give it. It's still not moving the same distance and having to do the same stuff it's doing in the wild. It's not having to outrun predators. It's not having to do all that stuff. So yeah, you're not going to get, there's that muscle tone to a wild snake. So I read an article today that box turtles only live within a one mile radius of their entire life. Yeah, but that problem is that, so that's traveled around for a while. And then people were like, you removed it from where it lives. If you put it back in the wild somewhere else, it'll die, which is not true. Well, I knew that. Because they, they're still box turtles and they're yeah. almost bulletproof. But I yeah, just, they, they do live in I a, mean, I guess they got short legs, so it makes sense. But well, they have a territory. Indi- oh, okay. That Indigo snakes are the ones that are impressive. They have a huge territory. But that's another one. Feeder-wise, I think it would be very interesting to study because they digest food very quickly. Uh, they're a very active snake. Uh, well, they'll eat fucking anything, but uh, that would be an interesting one to see how well they do on a a better prepared diet than just uh, just cheap rodents. But I don't know. There's there's way more to be seen with that. But I I do like the idea of paying way more attention to what goes into. It. Again, we we've, we've there's so much stuff out there for gut loading crickets and gut loading roaches, and we don't think about gut loading mice and rats. And we've been doing that for forever. You know, feeding those out for forever. So. Things that make you think. Yeah. Make you go, hmm. <laughs> um, so I want to get to the other question we had this week. 
And this is the one I got from you. It says, have you ever had to convince a partner or parent to let you get a reptile? What was the animal? How did you do it? So that's an excellent question. How did I wear you down to get Jim? <laughs> the ready. It was it was Lee and Amanda. I feel like Amanda is to blame here. <laughs> Definitely Lee and Amanda's fault that we got the chameleon. Because when I read this question, I knew you had not come up with it. But in my head, all I could think of was, I finally have my chameleon. <laughs> Fucking Lee and Amanda. The problem is being friends with breeders of stuff. That's the problem. I got to quit being friends with breeders of stuff. It's because everybody likes me, so they want to see me happy. You keep telling yourself. I have a Mexican black king snake that says otherwise. You need to clean that cage. I will. I'll clean it tonight while you cook. Uh, Ashley Howdy said, over at Focus Q, said, Iguanas uh, with her parents. She says she waited a year reading books and proving she could care for it uh, for them by herself and got two for her birthday in the mid-90s after still being interested and then ball pythons with her husband Stephen in 2016 and 17. He said no snakes, and then he uh, then she bought one at the Herbst show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, iguana. She kills me with liking iguanas, especially iguanas in the 90s. I had an iguana in the 90s; it did not go well. There were so many mistreated. That's another thing. So another problem I have right now with iguanas is that water dragons are now sighties. So less people are going to be able to get water dragons, which means they're going to go back to buying iguanas again. I'm not looking forward to that. Have you ever owned an iguana, Lewis? Uh, I haven't, but I kept iguanas when I worked at a pet shop, and you know, that, and they're horrible. That you know, yeah, it wasn't my favorite thing. But I, I gotta say, a big, mature male green iguana—that's a pretty slick-looking animal. If he's not trying to kill you. Well, I didn't say I would own one, so I like looking at him. <laughs> All right, when I worked at the zoo, I had, we had several males, and they uh, they all sucked. All of them. We had one female. She was amazing. We could use her for education programs, take her out, hold her. She was great. The males, you could not get near. They would whip you the tail. The claws were horrible. And I know someone's listening going, I had a male, and it was great. I get it. Look, there's exceptions to stuff. There's people out there with nice toke geckos, but I'm not going to say everyone should own a toke gecko. Right? So I get it. There's exceptions, but iguanas, historically... Have like I'm sure Lewis has nice rats. It still doesn't mean that I'm going to like them. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You might like my rats. You don't know. We got to get you a rat. It's we'll the see. Tails. No, it's the tails. No mammals because it makes it harder to leave town. It really does. I've, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the guinea pig for two weeks during the summer. Damn class pets. <laughs> uh, our friend Callie Grant, our new Texas resident, Callie Grant. <laughs> That's right. Uh, our friends John and Callie Grant. Uh, I just got a house in Texas. They're moving to Texas from Oklahoma, so they've seen the light, and they're and they're coming closer. I say that as if I'm from Texas. I'm not from any state. I just don't want to go to Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, but now that they're only two hours away, I have a feeling you're going to be wanting to travel more so you can visit. Yeah, you're right. I do want to visit Cali <laughs> on Saturdays. You're on Saturdays, on we're Saturdays. friends. We are friends. I'm not friends with her on Sundays. Anyways, uh, Cali said, "Well, I asked my parents if I could use my money to purchase a reptile during middle slash high school." And she never got an answer. They always put it off. So I went and purchased my own and full setup and all I needed for my very first leopard gecko. Uh, I brought it home, set it up. And like a week later, my mom noticed it and asked about it and then was upset. And I had to convince them that I could keep it. Uh, I she she just lost Zeus, her 15-year-old leopard gecko, originally from PetSmart due to a tumor a month ago. Oh, wow. That sucks. I've lost That's rough. I've lost animals I've had for you know a long time. It does suck when that happens. Um. Danielle said yes, wanted a second gecko. Parents said no for years, but then 
It's a very long story. That's a huge bummer. But my mom wanted to get petty and use a baby name. Long story. And then said I could get a gecko if I named it that. So she just wanted something in the house with that name on it. That's fucking weird. I mean, I guess she won. We don't know the long story. I know she won. Uh, I'm not reading my dad's. I'm skipping that one. Why? Because he had to beg you to let him get a snake. No, he did not. My dad said I had to beg my son to let me get a snake. He's a big turd and hates all reptiles. No. Which, none of that's true. (laughs) Uh, Sean Grace is easier to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. That is a horrible outlook on life. I disagree. Horrible outlook on life. Uh, Katie says that, but we have a fucking dog. We do. But it wasn't for me. It doesn't matter. It's in the I, house. We're not going to get into this tonight. Yeah, bigger snake is what I need, so I can feed the dog to it. I mean, I just did that to my wife with our dog we just got, so. <laughs> I got one for our daughter. Mm-hmm. And the dog worships her. Does it still shit and piss in my house? It does, yeah, but okay. that's not the dog's fault. Does it's my, our daughter's Does my fault. dog shit and piss in the house? Your dog? My dog. Whatever. She's my dog when she's being good. <laughs> And she's a pain in the ass. Like she's sure mine not. when she's ready to go to bed at night. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Lovis said, my wife had a large fear of snakes when I got back into the hobby and started getting snakes. I would come home, set the snake on the window ledge outside, go to the reptile, reptile room, open the window, set up the snake. It took her months to find out I had any snakes and only because I told her eventually. No. Now she's comfortable enough to hold baby snakes. Brian. I love that one. No. <laughs> I love that he, he stuck them in through the window oh and then my. kept them for a while and then finally told her. That's, oh my gosh. I could, I could get snakes right now and you'd have no idea. Oh, 100%. 100%. You I've, bring those I've never bought a snake without telling you first. No. But I could. We have that trust, babe. I could. Uh, Jason Miller Radovich said my first boa when I was a teen I spent a lot of time at the library for those listening a library is a place with books and for those also listening books are like the internet but they're on paper uh, I just know some people aren't used to books and libraries anymore but they still exist I go to the library once a week that's because you're old uh, so as a teen he said he spent a lot of time at the library beforehand to strengthen his argument and why he needed one I love that it was needed not that he wanted one but he he needed that boa well yeah he did <laughs> Needed it. Uh, our friend Megan Slapovich. I haven't I haven't mispronounced her name in forever, so it's just fun to do. Uh, you want you want to pronounce her name? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Once upon a time, I could, but it's been a hot minute since I've seen her, so I don't remember. <laughs> She's been traveling for work. It's been busy. Uh, she said her husband isn't too much of an animal person, and I have basically a small zoo in her house. She does. I didn't really ask him about getting my first reptile. I just did it and told him it was happening. His main concern, though, usually comes down to cost. He's an accountant, so everything comes down to money. Keeping reptiles is expensive, and I'm in a double digits with snakes now, which gets expensive. Uh, while he'd be perfectly happy if we didn't have any animals, he understands that snakes are my passion, and as long as I can care for them properly and it doesn't hurt our finances, he's fine with me bringing home more. Yeah, it's more expensive animal. We talk about it first. He'll never understand why I'm so drawn to snakes, but having an open, honest conversation about it is why it always is always uh, been the best strategy for them. Yes, I agree. Uh, our buddy Victor said his wife, he had to convince her to let him get a snake, let alone the 30 that he now has. James uh, is going to have to work pretty hard on that crocodile. Or the alligator you want. Alligator? I'm getting an alligator or something. Not until I have a pool, and the pool is not going to be used Bullshit. for the alligator. If we have a pool, then we need no. an alligator. They go it's together. Like those no. two things go together. Yeah, like, they're how are you going to do one and not the other? Because That's I like, want a swimming pool. I don't want an swim alligator. Swim with the alligator. Just go no. fast. 
It's a workout. <laughs> no, he already almost killed me at the gym today. What you do is you just teach it to get out of the pool. Like then- I really, I can't pick my arms up off this table. That's why I'm sitting like this for those of you watching. Tomorrow will be worse. I know. <laughs> uh, Joe Smith says, first reptile was a ball python. I'm sorry. Uh, that he got when he was 14. He had to convince his mom. I was. He had to. I said I had to convince my mom I was responsible enough. She already knew I was an animal person, and she didn't like snakes. Had it until I left for the army four years later. I've gotten animals that from military people, but the snake. My favorites are when they come back from deployment and they're able to get their animal back. Though that bearded dragon we had that one time, that was awesome. Yeah, the snake I got was because they found it in his base housing and he had to get rid of it. Oh yeah, that one. Because he had a six foot boa in base housing. Happened to. Oh. Uh, Sean McCarthy said my first reptile was an armadillo lizard back in the early 80s, then a basilisk. Really wanted a bow, but that was a no-go. But not to worry, I made up for it 40 years later. Way to go, Sean. That's funny. Uh, Robin Williamson said, nope, never asked. What they don't know about, the, about they can't complain about. Uh, and I saw uh, uh, Lil's Shop of Horrors commented, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Again, That's, I had vegetables in your food for that purpose. Because if you don't know about them, you can't complain about them. I'm going to stop eating then. <laughs> You're going to feel bad when I starve to death. You already don't eat good. Don't eat well. Whatever. <laughs> English teacher. You know what I'm talking about. You're an English you need teacher. to eat better. You're an English teacher. Well. <laughs> Anyways, Scott Borden said my first and second ones were ball python and boa. It was a bribe to do better in school, and they would get me one. Eventually, I had my own money and car, and things spiraled. Uh, yeah. Lewis, have you ever had to convince? Well, well there's a story. Well, well, say your wife has kind of told on herself. Said Lewis will tell you I've smuggled a few rats into the house as pets. Asked for forgiveness because permission would have gotten me a hard no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but are the rats still there as pets? Uh, they're they're here, and uh, <laughs> I gotta say, some of them I I absolutely adore. Uh, you know, go in that room when she has them out, and they come running towards me. It's like, man, if you only knew the genocide I'm running <laughs> against all of your brethren. But uh, you're happy to see me. And I'm happy to see you, little dude. Oh, that's you know. Come home and shower first before you hold them so you don't smell like a pile of dead rats. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Why does he don't smell let him, like rats? He smells like us. Just it's like when you come home bit. and your dog can smell another dog on you. It's like, I know where you've been. Yeah. Jeez. No, but uh, yeah, no, that it's funny. I all this time and effort into going like, you know what? I need to get a facility and never do rodents in the house. Like not going to happen and get that all set up just to end up with a room with rats in it. That's <laughs> uh but again, they are very sweet and, and I, I do like rats. Like I said, if it wasn't for a, a rat starting off, I wouldn't, wouldn't have anything right now. Wouldn't we, even know this world existed. We shared an article. I think it was last week. It may have been two weeks ago. About the bomb rats. About the rats the mine that rats. sniff out bombs. Yeah, my African pouched rats. Yeah. yeah. Those fuckers are I, huge. So my parents really never told me no. It was kind of I could always always get whatever I wanted to a fault. And uh, that was one that back in the day I was like, I want that. But uh, you can't import them in the United States. <laughs> and uh, I tried when I was a little kid trying to figure out how to get them in here. But you can't do it. They are enormous. Yeah. You know what you should get is an agouti. An agouti is kind of like a rat. It always reminds me of Splinter from Ninja Turtles. They look slimy. They look slimy, slimy. Well, like they, I guess they look oily because of their hair. But they're cool looking. Meh. Like a rat. It doesn't have a tail. 
Mm, I disagree. Well, I went the other route with that when I was a kid, and I ended up uh, keeping a possum for a while. Yikes. That, that was uh, dude, that was a cool pet, man. Was it a short uh, tail or was it like a regular? Oh uh, no, just no possum, like our native possums. There you go. And uh, he was cool. He was cool. I've, I've never had weird mammals. We bottle fed and rehabbed some. We we bottle fed and lost one. Well, yeah, died. Well, we we have had successes as well. Because that's when they told they didn't tell me until afterwards. Oh yeah, a lot of them die. I was like, oh yeah, oh, he was devastated. Let me get attached to it, then it dies. Yeah, it was rough. Ugh, that was the only possum I've ever taken care of. I'm done. I don't do possums again after that. Fucking possum died on me. <laughs> He's a big softy. If you haven't figured it out by now, I've always wanted a daegu. Daegu has. Cool. It's like a giant gerbil. Again, it's got a. Again, rodents just poops and pee so much. My guinea pig's litter trained. Kinda. As I mean, long as I change the litter box out. It kind of poops to the side of it sometimes. No, only now that only happens if I don't clean her litter box out or the kid forgets the one whoever isn't responsible for that. Oh, okay. Do you litter train any of your mice or is it just like a free for all? Rats. rats, just kidding. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say, my wife has potty trained the uh, rats that we. We have, so they do go in a litter box inside their cages. And, uh, yeah, but those are the ones running. at home, right? Yes. Those aren't well, the litter training food. Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking that, these questions. I only buy dead rodents cool. that shit in a box. That's all I buy. <laughs> these they are d- trained rats. They jump into the. Uh, <laughs> Charge more. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> these rats were just shitting all over the place. I don't want them. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be soul crushing for myself after a while. Uh, <laughs> I bond with every one of these little rats and then I kill them. Oh, man. I've, I've trained them how to poop in a box. Now you die. Oh, jeez. The cycle is complete. Yeah, yeah. Name them all. <laughs> too far. Too far. Uh, I, uh, let's see. Convince, I didn't have to convince my parents. So my first snake was Rainbow Boa in 2003 because we went to an expo and we were there for like three or four hours and then my parents are like yep we can get a rainbow boa we didn't know shit about it uh it somehow survived to be 17 years old even though we fucked up a lot of stuff in the first five years but it made it but i didn't have to convince that was just like yeah we'll get it i've had to convince you to buy stuff before speckled king snake that's because i don't want to spend money i, I like pretty much money. walked up to him and said hey either you pick out the one you want or i'm going to and i handed jim Sargent the money <laughs> Well, I promise I don't like spending money. I, so I don't mind spending snake money on snakes. Like if I sell snakes and then I can spend that money on snakes, I'm cool. I don't like spending house money on snakes because I feel bad. And I like spending house money on snakes because we have one bank account. So the house money is where my money is too. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones I had to convince you for are the two big boas that I have currently. Because that was a big purchase. I don't and really it wasn't remember. Overly convincing. I, told, well, I kind of told you we needed them. I feel like it was a conversation had when I was half asleep. Well, you agreed to it and we bought it. And that's why I agreed to it when we bought it. And they're horrible. Oh, I know. But they're not in my closet anymore, so it doesn't matter. But uh, every time I walk past them down the snake room, it's just whap right against the cage. So it's just a six and a half foot snake that that seems to be a theme. A lot of my animals don't like me. (laughs) Maybe you should rethink. I haven't done anything to them. I feed them. I clean their shit up when they shit. They don't like me. I don't. I don't get it. My dad said our bow, our rainbow, lived because of our superior enclosure building that we did. Oh my god! That was something. That was a. That was an experience building your own cage. I don't build my own shit anymore. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Never again. 
We built so many cages. And don't get me wrong. Speaking of cages and racks, um, I'm sorry. I totally just cut you off completely, and I did not mean to. (laughs) Bitch. I deserve that. <laughs> you yelled it earlier. I'll figure out your back. I deserve that. Um, Lewis, do you have stuff? Like, did you build everything for yours or did you get it from somebody or? Uh, for the rats. So I'm building all their, their racks. Uh, I did just purchase a, a freedom breeder mouse rack. I just didn't want to deal with the uh, detailedness of the, the small tubs there. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I've been building everything. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, James. The only, the, so the one nightmare with rodent racks is when they flood. How often have you had that happen? Uh, you know, it's probably, you know, sometimes stuff floods, right? And it doesn't yeah. kill everything. Uh, but probably. So on your rodent racks, they're gravity fed water. You have little, little nipples attached to hoses attached to a bucket and the gravity, most of them are gravity fed water. Okay. The problem is it's, it's, if you if something gets chewed on or something gets uh, worn out, uh, the, kind of the vacuum that holds that water in that place uh, is gone, and it will just dump just go. whatever is in the bucket. Oh, and then you show up to mouse or rat soup. Oh, that's yeah. rough because uh, the water doesn't have anywhere to go. And yeah, it just, just fills up the top. That. Yeah, gotcha. And it can it can get gross. It's, especially it's not if, fun. Yeah, especially if you don't catch it oh, that's early. Rough. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not something that uh, I have happened too much. Uh, usually, when I first set up a tub or a rack, let it sit for a day or so, see if we have any leaks, and then go. But you know, as stuffs, you know, sucking on the nozzles and stuff, you know, they'll they'll push it up. Sometimes, kind of what happens. The times I've had it, what I've had happen is the clip pop up, yeah, getting stuck on the wire there, and then uh, so it's just dumping for that reason. But you know, the occasional drip in there that needs to be addressed. You know, probably once a week, you know, one tub. Uh, your wife said she, does, she doesn't have to convince you to get reptiles, but her first reptile was a toke that she knew nothing about, and you did, and you did not warn her. And so she had to learn the hard way about tokes. That's rough. <laughs> and that toke is friendly now, which is very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> she can reach in there and grab it out and pop it on her shoulder and walk around. And a toke is a really badass lizard. Yeah. If you can get them so, calm. So they're if you cool. get them home, they suck when they're not calm. Yeah. But they yeah. are they're a cool guy. I mean, they're cool. Like they look neat. They're big. They but man, that bite. The sucks. eyes do it for me. They're blue. So, yeah. Like you can get them in they're blue cool. and red. And, like they're cool looking. It's like Spider Man, but a toke gecko. Yeah. But yeah, no, i will pass on them though. We got what are you staring at the I was anything? looking to see if he had moved around at all. No, he's not he's not gonna be entertaining. He's just sitting. Still checking it all out. Still sitting still there. It's only, he's only been in there for like 36 hours, 48 hours, something like that. I will say one thing I've noticed. We, so we bought a Miss King Mr. For Sorry, him. Sorry, my Camille. I'm on a one track mine with my Camille. We bought a Miss King Mr. For him, but we also hooked it up to the uh, Emerald Skinks that we have in our room as well. And the Emerald Skinks would always hide. But since they've been hooked up to the Mr. I mean, we sprayed them, pump sprayed them like you know, once or twice a day. But since we hooked them to the Mr., they come out way more now. I don't know. It's weird. They just must like the mister or I don't know. Maybe it's the other cage. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Like they're sitting out in the open right now and they, they never do that. They still don't like me. And I, uh, if, if Brittany Reed ever hears this, uh, she's the one that gave them to me. Uh, I hate her because all of her emerald tree skinks like her and they come out and they walk on her hand and they run around and, and she, she them said by hand. this weekend that every time that happens she goes ha ha James in her head. She sent me a picture of like a baby, a baby just eating out of her hand. 
No, these run away from me. I've tried to be so nice to. I haven't reached in and grabbed them. I haven't forced myself upon them. I have not. I have not molested these lizards in any way. Uh, And yet they don't appreciate me. I mean, they appreciate you. They know you. I'm trying to think about one reptile in this house that fucking likes me. My pine snake. My pine snake is. Pine snake does like you. It's the one snake that likes me. Sorry, babe. That's it. It's the one snake. The tortoises like you. No, they tolerate me. My tortoises back home like me. Back at what's it back home? We're home here. But back in Louisiana, they like me. Kinda. I think they tolerate you more than they these do. <laughs> Unless I give off a good vibe to reptiles. If I really like reptiles. Sad day. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to come back. Once you go back, they're gonna be over the moon, you know? That's they're gonna run up, wagging their tails, <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> Millie does that every day when you come home. Yeah, but she's a dog. They're supposed to. It doesn't matter. Where he is in the house, the second he he comes into the kitchen, which is right outside of our bedroom, or opens the bedroom door, she won't move, but her tail starts wagging like 90 to nothing. And I always know who's in the kitchen because she only wags her tail if James is the one in the kitchen. Yeah. No, my snakes don't do that for me. <laughs> ah, so she's ratting you out. She oh. loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so reptile-wise, talk about rodents. Reptile-wise, what do you keep? Uh, so I keep... Uh, Great banded king snake, transpecos rat snakes, a uh, few odds and ends. Uh, I keep a uh, depi depi, uh, and then uh, it's gonna be a Durango uh, mountain pine snake. Now I gotta look it up. Durango those, uh, mountain pine snake. Oh, it's like a Mexican pine almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly what they are. And then I keep the, uh, I have the vivid line, the uh, summer and winter phases, which are pretty cool. That's pretty. We had a Mexican uh, pine snake at the zoo we worked at. That's neat because they have all the reds and everything on them. I've never been a fan of uh, of northern pines, which is like super common in the hobby just because they're just black and white. I'm like, eh, whatever. I love my Louisiana pines, but Mexican pines, if I was going to get another one, it would probably be something like that because those are cool looking. I've I've enjoyed them a lot more than the uh, just the um, Pitchulophaceae, you know. Just not those were just just the, the pooping was was something <laughs> was something else, man. So far, these uh, Depi don't seem to be so bad. It's a little bit more controlled. Uh, Hardin County Herbs asked, "Do you keep locality or alterna?" All my alterna are locality. That's another reason. I, that's why I can't get into like rosy boas. I like rosy boas, and I own uh, generic Mexican rosy boas. Uh, I can't do, I can't, I can't do it. My head just can't handle locality, especially locality when it comes to gray bands. That stuff just is crazy to me. Well, you know, it's funny you talk to some of these old school, you know, herpers that were out there in the beginning of of time, right? <laughs> you know, when it was three different species, we thought, and all this, you know, and you talk to those guys, and they go locality is just a way to sell ugly snakes and uh you know when i first started hearing that i was like what like all right and then as time's gone on i kind of understood what they're what they're saying there you know that the way we look at locality i I think just again uh this is my opinion and i I think many people differed in that um but you know why do we keep locality right is it to keep the genetics of that animal separate from others or is it to keep the look separate and i think that's kind of 
I'm, you know, that's something I'm curious about is why other people keep locality in the beginning for me, it was like, Oh, I want to protect these genetics. But as you learn, it's, there's very little difference, you know, so there's really no value in keeping it locality like that. I feel. I just, with them, it always gives me, cause it's like, it came from this side of the road next to this rock. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but the one on the other side of the road next to the cactus isn't different, but to them, it's a different locality. I'm like, they're pretty close. I'm pretty sure they can fuck if they wanted to. Like they, it's, I don't know. It just, it's weird. And I get it. They're, they're, they look different in certain areas, but man, they're such a variable species in general. Um, I don't know. But again, if it's your thing for locality, it's cool. I just could never do it. Like I said, I love rosy boas, but I can't, I can't get into it. Uh, Hardin County Herb said he got a Sanderson from uh, Chris Payne Shab and said he's beautiful. So I just make sure I only get that locality when I get more. Yeah. yeah, probably probably a nice looking Blair's phase animal, and and that's the thing, you know. I, I think a lot, I think a lot of the kind of locality comes from people that that aren't getting to go out there and looking and seeing, you know, what they're pulling. Because you can pull, you know, a real dog off River Road, and you know, just be a ugly, muddled, you know, Blair's phase animal, and you can pull a similar looking animal from, you know. The Sanderson. Now there's going to be a vast difference in kind of the way those animals look, but just to give an, give an idea there. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think a lot of the time what we're seeing with locality animals is we're seeing selective line breeding from the breeders that are doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we're looking at someone's individual. Their idea of what that is. Yes. Yes. They, they, from whatever animal they started with, they saw something they liked and they brought it out and said, this is what it is to me. But, you know, especially with like uh, seeing Trans-Pecos rat snakes and people talk about locality with those, you know, that those animals are moving around a lot, you know? So when you see, and, and how anybody decides to label their collection or breed their animals, uh, you know, that's up to them. And I have no problem with that. And that's fine. Um, and I still, I would, I would still pair locality animals, but I think, you know, when we're talking about subak or something like that, we can talk about, you know, an animal in a, you know, I don't know, 20 mile range of each other. And that's locality. And you could go even further and I wouldn't feel bad about it. I would clarify. Yeah. But, um, you know, well, it's just always so interesting and, and snakes, especially what we consider locality. So like we had Bill Stiegel on not that long ago and he does green trees but there's some people in the green tree community who are like, uh, locality green tree pythons. And then Bill's like, no, I just breed whatever looks pretty. And, <laughs> and he breeds really cool looking stuff. But there's so many species where we don't look at them as locality. You know, someone gets a, uh, I guess like Brazilian rainbow boa. It's not really a locale. It's, it's a, it's a Brazilian rainbow its own thing. But there's no like, it came from this part of wherever. Like it's, it's just this. It's just this. Yeah. It's, it's just that. It's just, so, Again, I, I agree that a lot of it comes down to who's breeding what, and if they keep breeding it for years, it's going to look one way. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 just the whole thing. A lot of it is just uh, I don't know. I think a more truthful way to, or not truthful, but a more accurate way to describe it would be, you know, this is my, for example, river road line. And, and not necessarily like, yeah, it's still starting off with the founding animals coming from that area, but it's your line and you're 
your envisionment of what you saw the potential of that animal to be or what you saw come out, you know, as, as you bred it. Well, it seems like it could be hard to resell some of these, especially if, say, if you're not a big name in that community, right? But you know, like you collected the original parents from this one spot and the babies came from there. If those babies don't come out looking the way the general public expects that locale to look, I imagine it would be hard to convince them, even though it came from there. These snakes looked this way from there. Uh, they just may not look the way so-and-so has bred that species for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the the alternative community is a, a little bit, I would say it's on average a little bit older yeah. kind of keeper. And, uh, you know, people are locked in their ways. And, and, yeah, if you don't have a name, if they don't know who you are, you know, it's I've had people pull up and go, you know, who are you? Never heard of you. If you did that, <laughs> I would know who you were, you know, and that's. And that's just the way it is, you know, that's just, and that's fine. You know, that's one variable snake that I always find interesting are decays brown snakes. Cause like we, so we lived, uh, when we lived in Louisiana, we could find them in our front yard, find them in our backyard and they'd look nothing alike. Yeah. You know, they're so variable when you look at those little, uh, decays brown snakes because some will have a lot of pattern. This like almost the one that looked pattern. Like the garage was like red. Yeah. And someone would be like a solid red color, solid brown color. Someone would have stripes. Uh, so just variable species like that I always find very interesting um, because what is the, you know, there is no norm for certain things like that. Yeah. And you can definitely get some things leaning more ways than others, you know, so like with Transpecos or Ad Snakes, you know, Del Rio, Sanderson, uh, kind of Marathon, all those areas, you're generally going to see a kind of more uh, toned back animal, more kind of a lighter base color and a crisper black but not as much uh, color variation but then getting out to like uh terlingua alpine area river road you know you're gonna see usually a brighter animal uh with a little bit more contrast uh going on but you can see either in either location yeah and just you're gonna see on average more looking that way so have you uh have you bred them or are you just collecting? Uh, I've done some pairings. Uh, my subak, I've not put much effort into them. Uh, there's a uh, lucky enough to find an exanthic uh, male a couple years ago out on River Road. So trying to do some locality pairings with him, uh, make some heads, and just make locality uh, exanthic transpecos rat snakes, and uh, bred quite a few alterna at this point. What else do you have besides? Those guys, because I, I want to say I heard you on a pod, another podcast where you talked about having anacondas. Yeah, I keep green anacondas as well. It's so funny. I always feel like I'll be sat here and I'll go, "Oh, I keep Transpecos rat snakes and Alterna," and I feel like there's some class to those. And then I go, "Oh, and I keep anacondas," and it's just kind of like you know, a weird mix. See, as a boa uh, person, the anacondas do more for me than I was about to say. The fact that you have anacondas, I'm like, that's freaking huge. Like the rat snakes don't get super huge, so. I don't know. I, I, you know, and it's funny because I was terrified of snakes when we started dating, and then I got over that fear. And but I, there's something to be said about the giant snakes. Well, green anacondas are just one of the prettiest snakes on earth. Uh, it's just their care. Not not a lot of people can properly take care of a green anaconda. A lot of people, well, not you can't. A lot of people can't get them anymore because they're not imported and cheap as hell. But. Uh, a lot of people just can't take care of them properly. I mean, I get it's a big snake, but it's a big snake that is not the same as a Burmese python or a retic. 
Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, that was the whole reason I, I got them. What was it? I, I don't know how many years ago now was when I was a kid, we used to get Emperor Scorpions for five dollars, oh, yeah. if that. And now you go look at Emperor Scorpions. Like 50, 60 bucks. Uh, I've seen them 150. Really? And it's like, Jeez. holy crap, you know? And, or uh, the giant uh, millipedes. Millipedes, yeah. You know, those used to be, we would feed those to Savannah monitors, right? It wasn't that expensive of an animal. And, and now, again, you're talking about seeing for 100 bucks. Or, you uh, know? Firebelly toads. Firebelly yeah. toads are another one. You can't, the only way you can get them now is if people are breeding them. That yeah, was a five ninety nine frog. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so seeing these animals disappear over time and, and the different prices. And as soon as I heard about that band going on uh, back in the day, I was like, uh, I'm going to pick one of those up. And my first anaconda I ever got, I was too young, shouldn't have had it. And, you know, it was a hundred dollar animal I picked up at a show. <laughs> You know, and because uh, they're so well. small in a deli cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went in. I I told my mom before I went to the show, I'm either going to get a reticulated python today or a green anaconda, and I walked <laughs> out with a green anaconda because that's what was there. And uh, you know, uh, so after that, uh, kind of was like, okay, I want to be successful at keeping these now. So got to go back and try as an adult, and uh, it's been it's been fun. Awesome. It's not. It's not something I recommend as a pet, which is part of part of the reason why I haven't put much effort in trying to reproduce them. Was uh, they are they seem to be a little bit more unpredictive than a lot of the other stuff. How was the uh, temperament on that first one you got? the The first one I got, man, that snake. If we're talking about the absolute first one, yeah. never, never was doing good. You know, when I got it, it was a skinny, scrawny animal imported. You know, I'm sure it came right off you know, the boat into the, into the deli cup at the show. Yeah. So, you know, it was pretty lethargic, a uh, bad start with that one. Uh, the ones I've got since then were, uh, more active as babies. They were fine. I'm not very active with holding my animals. I'm more of kind of just a, I like to look at him than every once in a while I realize like, Oh, I can hold this thing and play <laughs> with it. It's mine. You know, it's kind of like I'm at the zoo all the time looking at my stuff. Um, so that was definitely, I would recommend holding your big snakes a lot when they're smaller. Me too, because I can't hold any of my large boas. Although most of my large boas I have right now. We got when they were large. I got as adults. Yeah. So I'm currently growing up smaller stuff that I probably should hold more because they're definitely striking. The only yeah. snake yes. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I've ever gotten bit by on purpose was a green anaconda. Uh, I think I've told it before on, this, on the show, but... I would volunteer at a pet store at our town where our college was. It was a very small town in Troy, Alabama. And uh, the woman that owned the pet store was was a moron. But I would I would help her out with the reptiles. And then uh, it's one of those pet stores where like they would get the animal list and just order whatever was on it. And so one day, it was after the, anaconda, the second Anacondas movie came out. She saw a green anaconda on there. And she's like, oh, I ordered a green anaconda. And I was like, son of a... I was like, if I don't need a green anaconda in this town no one else needs a green anaconda in this town. So I was like, she goes, when he comes in, will you come in and take it out of the bag for me and get it set up? I was like, sure, I'll do that. And so just knowing the situation that it was probably not going to be happy and that the timber was probably bad, I reached in and pulled it out. Unfortunately, it was already like, I don't know, three and a half foot long, four foot long. Uh, but it went to chewing on my wrist and it got me good. Blood was pouring down and it didn't feel great, but I may, I, I did ham it up some. I, uh, <laughs> I, I may have cussed and screamed and blood's pouring down my wrist and she's yelling to put it back in the bag. 
and put it back in the bag and she sent it back away. And no one got, no one in that town got that green anaconda. Um, cause no maybe one needed a, it. Maybe it's just a kid at the pet shop kind of thing that we end up being the ones that have to, uh, tame down the baby berms that came in. Or, uh, my, my old boss's favorite thing was, uh, anytime he had a customer in there and he's, he bred rainbow boas and, uh, he would be showing him babies and he's like, you know, this is a beautiful animal, but what you got to see is you got to see the parents. You got to see what those look like. And so he kept the breeding pair in the back. And so I would get sent off to go get the, the big female out of the back and she would just light me up the whole damn time. <laughs> and I mean, full grown. And those teeth are animal. massive in Brazilian rainbows. And just, I would come out dumping blood. The more blood, the better. Right. And you know, that was that was his uh, that was his good time. Yeah. <laughs> Still hang out with him today. <laughs> I luckily never got bit by my male. My female, I don't really handle that much because I'd raised my male up from a baby and I trusted him. The female I got in his adult, and she's I've handled her before and she's fine. But as she's gotten older and had a few litters, she's not as she's not as I've, not as mellow yeah. as she once was. I've had some boas that were like great, and then after they have babies, they're like, yeah, I'm not happy anymore, and now you just can't hold them. Um, it's just the weirdest thing. You did that to them, James. I know they're pissed <laughs> off. You're the reason I did. Uh, Hardin County Herb said I set up a tank for fire bellies two years ago. Then he found out they were twenty five dollars plus, and now uh, and not six, so the tank is still empty. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap. Fire bellies are not cheap anymore. You don't. That's why you don't see them, in, you know, in PetSmart anymore. They're not. They're not cheap enough for them to sell in PetSmart. So. And, and I think it's a good thing, you know, over time, seeing these prices go up on these things. Uh, you know, I think we all heard the term, you know, pocket pet when we were, yeah. you know, back in the day. Right. And it's, you know, you, you don't hear that now, you know. So as much as it sucks that keeps some people out that might not might not be able to get it as a little kid starting off or whatever. Uh, I think there's overall value in that. Well, I mean, iguanas would be an example in the 90s. Iguanas were cheap. And they probably still are fairly cheap, actually. I don't know what the price of an iguana is currently. But so many people got iguanas. I mean, I was one of them. So many people got iguanas that should not have gotten iguanas because they were cheap. Put in a 20-gallon tank, which I can't believe we did. We put a, a, a iguana in a 20-gallon tank, and I'm thinking now, that would never fucking fly now. But we did it because 20-gallon tank with a green carpet and a heat rock because that's what they told us to do. That's all he needs. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> big old water bowl, and you're good. Feed it... Uh, they would sell these frozen blocks of veggies you just bought and thaw out uh, this goo of veggies that you'd feed them. And God, it was so horrible back then. Uh, but the thing is, they are, you know, back to the point earlier about green iguanas, uh, they are pretty cool looking. And, and I don't think I appreciated them as much when I was younger, uh, you know, and getting to see a big adult. That's an impressive looking animal that, you know, why don't we appreciate them like that? Yeah. You know? Well, I think what's a shame is, uh, there are so many other iguana species that are now starting to somewhat show up in the pet trade that are such better pets. If somebody wants a large vegetarian lizard, um, you know, there, there's so many more now that people are starting to breed other than the green iguana. But the green iguana was cheap. And so, so many people. And again, I, like I said, I think with the water dragons being harder to find, green iguana popularity is going to go back up, unfortunately, because I think water dragons are a better pet for someone to get into than a green iguana. I don't ever remember selling a lot of, of water dragons. We always had them. Yeah. But, you know, people would come in and they would just look at the price tag and just go That's green true. iguana. Yep. You know, that or, or Nile monitors. Right? That, Savannah monitors. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I bought a Savannah monitor once for $20. And it was like a foot long, but it was definitely an import. 20 bucks. I'm like, that's a horrible price to put on a Savannah monitor. Uh, I do like some certain prices going up. Like I, I like that Brazilian rainbow bows are no longer $125. Um, cause God, they were $125 for forever. Doom rolls bows were $125 for forever. Um, yeah. I do think those things should cost a little more. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, even some of like the North American clubbirds, another thing I keep is, uh, Baird's rat snakes. Yeah. And that, you know, that is one of the prettiest North American snakes. I think there is. You know, that is such a cool looking animal. But when they're babies, they don't look cool. You know, it oh, looks yeah. like a corn snake. Uh, you know, it looks like a Texas rat snake. Not that cool. You know, and uh, looking up right I there. am. <laughs> don't you judge. <laughs> they're, they're blue. Yeah, you got to type in vivid uh, Baird's rat snake. Those are neat looking. Yeah, I, I, I blame uh, Justin over on herpeticulture for them being so popular now. And I'm glad he did it. You know, it's a, it's a cool looking thing because we would get him in, you know, at the pet shop and just trying to tell people like, this is a cool looking snake. I promise you. We don't really push a lot of the cool looking North American snakes, you know, because we live here and we're like, yeah, whatever. But we kind of ignore them. Like how many people actually realize that there's a, a green rat snake in North America? Like very few people, I think, understand that there is one. Now I've heard they're trickier to keep, but those are cool. Like we'll order Asian rat snakes that are green. We have our own. Yeah. You know, or the Baird's rat, which again is a cool looking snake that I think most people don't realize we have. Or to me, rubber boas. I think rubber boas are freaking awesome. And no one really does rubber boas. Rubber boas are cool. Very cool. I love my rubber boas. So it's a North American boa. Pretty yeah. Badass. I mean, and it's, everybody always goes, it's a worm. I was like, but it's a really cool worm. Like this thing, you can freeze this thing. And then it will still be fine. And then you can warm it back up to room temperature and, and it will eat. And it's like, it's so hardy. And we're like, no, let's go ahead and get these uh, ball pythons from Africa. I'm like, but we have cool stuff here. I, I don't like and, ball pythons. And, you know, the coolest thing is, you know, you look at, you look at ball pythons and you see all the mutations that have come out of that, right? Yeah. That's possible that any reptile we're looking at, just how much focus is going into that breeding of that animal. Yep. You know, and uh, it's pretty damn cool to see what those guys, even corn snakes now, you know, when, when I was younger, it was, you know, the big thing was a snow corn snake. And, and now you look at some of this stuff where you're like, well, that's a neon sign I'm looking at right there. Yeah. That's, that is amazing. I own a pink one. Like, and it's hard for me. Like the problem with, with pink and red snakes is, and if you ever try to take a picture of them, it never shows right. And so it's hard for me to explain to people, like it's fucking Barbie doll pink. Like when you look at it, it's pink. Like it's, it's hard to understand that it's that pink because I show my picture and go, it looks gray. I was like, I get it. It looks gray in the picture, but I promise you this thing is like Pepto-Bismol in your hand. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't think even, that would happen. Even some of the ones I've seen at the show, when you're just trying to look at them like this weekend when we came and saw you guys yeah. looking at them, it, it, I don't even know if my eyes are focusing right. It's such a, a vibrant color where oh, yeah. you're like, wow, <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Well, and I think there's corn snakes are starting to get a, the, the problem with corn snakes as beginner pets is the, as babies. They're great at like a year old. If corn snakes started at year old size, I think they'd be so much bigger in the hobby right now. But it's that fucking baby size of a corn snake for the general public is so small and they're so good at getting out of stuff. Um, yeah. 
that I, th- but I think corn snakes would do better, would do as well as ball pythons if they were bigger. The problem is that they don't have the price tag to draw in a certain clientele that just want expensive snakes. Um, so there is that, but there's a lot, I think there's a lot cooler stuff you can do in corn snakes than you can do in ball pythons. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that, you know, I uh, mean, there's so much value in focusing in, you know, the, the kids you see walking around the snake show. Right. And, and taking the time to talk to that person yeah. and, and really, you know, as a young child walking through a, through a pet, a pet show like that or a snake show, you know, it was just, it was ignored the whole time, right. Till money came out of my pocket and then they're paying attention to, you know, what I have to say, but then just, you know, whatever, here you go. Yeah. Here's your lizard or whatever it was at the time. And, and, uh, you know, those, that's the future of the hobby here. And the more people we can get on board when we're getting attacked from every angle and it's not going to stop, it's just going to keep going. You know, we need as many people as we can get in this that, that are educated and uh, passionate about this. You know, it's funny that you, you say they didn't pay attention to you until you had money out of your pocket. That is the entire reason that we have that pink corn snake at our house. Yeah, because- Russell. <laughs> Russell's fault. My daughter... Because she was nine? She went over and looked at one snake, and Russell goes, if you talk to your dad and getting this one also... Before that, she went over and she found one. She she found a... It's a corn snake. Found one she liked. Came back, talked to me about it, talked to her daddy about it. I I said, well, you need to go find out how much it is. You have your own money. Da-da-da-da-da. James had already said we had places we could keep it here in the rack. Um, so she went over and I went with her and Russell did not talk to me. I made it, I, I said, she's got questions. He goes, okay. And he immediately focused on her and all of her questions. And I mean, I didn't care what we walked away with from his table at that point. I knew we were walking away with something. Yeah. The problem was he was like, I'll give you this snake and that snake. If you can talk to your dad to buy both of them for this price. <laughs> It was too good of a price. I was like, well, shit, now I'm buying a corn snake that I didn't plan on getting. <laughs> that should be like a method. And like, it should be defined, you know, like yeah. where that's like the boy band uh, selling method. Yeah. Where it's like, what a great idea to get an army of little girls to mm-hmm. attack their dad's wallet books. And you yeah. don't have to really do anything because they can say something crazy. You got to sit there and tiptoe through and be polite and, you know, try to yeah. talk this other grown man into giving you money. Yeah. Get his own little girl to go do it. Yeah. See, I'm, good, I'm good at telling my daughter no, but the problem was he offered me something I wanted for a better deal. And I was like, yeah. God damn it. Now I have to buy both. That's, I, that's the trick. The trick is to make James realize it's something he really wants. And then it's a lot easier to convince him. But it is a cool looking corn snake. <laughs> She's beautiful. Like a podcast, and that is a terrible combo. Right. <laughs> That's the worst thing. You start talking to someone, you know, and you hear them talking about whatever they're into. That's why we have a chameleon. Yeah. And and that's the cool part, you know, is you get to hear people talk about these things and their passion in it. And and it's contagious, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, that's been the best part about starting a a feeder business is that we we get to supply those people that are going out and doing that. And I only want to see those people succeed. I want them to see them do as good as they can with their business. And I'm not, I'm not concerned with the snake they're selling because I'm not selling snakes. I'm not selling lizards. I'm selling the dubia you need for your lizard. I'm selling that stuff. So to get there and cheer these guys on and see them do good, uh, like Seth from, uh, Huff's Herbs, you know, getting to yeah. see him grow and see what he does, you know, 
that's cool getting to talk to that guy and getting to know him and seeing his business grow. I love it. I'm so glad that we can support those people. Well, and then like what he's done with his, uh, his kids also getting involved in breeding has been fun to watch too. I love Seth. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go over some of the, we, each week we go over some of the stuff that's over on our Facebook group discussion page. So I'm going to go through a few things on there real quick. Uh, and so Nathan shared a picture of a bunch of Samboas from the reptile report, which is funny enough. Cause the, I was like, I know that picture that's from my friend, Pamela, who I have snakes from her, uh, but her snakes got shared on the reptile report. I'm still waiting for something of mine. Well, I, tell you, like, I have had something shared on the reptile report. I had a meme shared and then it got stolen and I got no credit for it. So oh, I remember that. You know, there is Sorry, that. it was not that funny. <laughs> it was, but it was not for you. I just wanted credit. That's all I wanted. Uh, Nathan posted a picture of a little, little caiman covered in butterflies. And it says the how, how the croc feels when Steve Irwin calls them a beauty. So that was funny. Anything Steve Irwin, I'm all for. I haven't watched this one. It's a baby sea turtle. Did you watch oh, this? Oh, it's precious. So it's it's all about helping baby sea turtles. And so you make a little path because obviously you can't touch it and pick it up. You can't. Uh, we, no, they need to use the muscles <laughs> to get to the water. So um, you're so you're saying you shouldn't pick no, it up. You could totally pick because it's very tempting to pick them up and carry them. You should not do it. You just fight um, off the raccoons and birds. It's funny though because in in uh, the comments, I was like, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I'm like, if it can't get to the water, do we really want those genes, you know, the weak passing on? Oh. Um, I mean, not that I totally wouldn't be the one digging the thing out. And Nathan was like, oh, you'd be crying the whole time. I'm like, you yes. know me so well. Yes, you would. <laughs> as, as long as we understand here. So uh, Nathan also posted up, uh, I was up. Article or a paper said potential neural consequences for snakes under captive management. Um, and in the comments, Charlie McKee said, Long story short, your snake needs more than one hide, a water bowl, and a paper towel substrate in a shoebox uh, or its brain. No work, right? Uh, that is probably true. That's definitely true. I didn't for, read the article, I'll be honest. That would definitely be true for things like uh, the more active snakes. Um, Nathan posted another turtle thing. Did you see this one? That's beautiful. It's just footage of a of a, a leatherback leather coming up. I want to see a leatherback in person. They're massive. They're, I mean, a full grown leatherback is huge. Oh, did you see this one? Someone posted on uh, Morph Market shared this one. It was a albino coral snake. That's cool looking. Yeah, that's another one. Why you can't trust sayings? Oh yeah. I saw a friend shared a picture. Someone found an albino. Like decay snake under their chair in their house, like in their living room. And I'm sure it's someone that has no interest in it at all. I know. That's, not right. That's how it always. <laughs> works. I saw that. And I'm like, why can't I find an albino decay snake? That'd be fucking awesome. It's always the birder finding the thing you're looking for. Speaking of birders, the next one was a picture shared. I've seen this picture before, but it's like a, a heron flying away as an uh, as an eel has eaten its way out of the bird's stomach and is like hanging out of its like crop out of his throat mm-hmm. uh just freaking weird oh, this was posted today or yesterday one? maybe the alaskan wood frog about the frog that like freezes and is covered in ice crystals but it's still alive and then it falls out mm-hmm. and, and then, then it's fine because certain frogs are freaking weird like ac- amphibians you know axolotls so going back to animals that should be more expensive axolotls should be more expensive because minecraft got so many axolotls killed <laughs> As soon as they put axolotls in Minecraft, every kid's like, I want one. And because they're not super expensive parents, like, I'll buy you one. And then they die. Gosh. Because axolotls are just, they're they're an alien. They're freaking aliens. Truth. 
Um, oh, here's sea turtles. Did you see this one? The tracking of a leatherback sea turtle that got posted. She racked up more than 8,100 miles since April 2022. Yeah, our uh, so the uh, no, I'm I'm not going to say that because it may not be true. Okay. Who posted that? Probably Nathan. Nathan. It is Nathan. Um, so I think Phalo, the bracelets that I have, I think they work with the Sea Turtle Conservancy. Let me check. I'm going to fact check before I start spouting off shit. I may be wrong. Okay. This is math related. Let me, let me see if I can read this right. I haven't seen this one, but it, inv- it says mice. So it's feeders. It ties into this. Fucking, uh, fucking math. All right, it says, in captivity, 200 snakes eating one mouse every five days would require 14,600 mice over the course of a year, not discounting time and brumation. If you figure 10 weeks brumation, remove 2,800, that leaves 11,800 mice. So if you extrapolate that and place it into a, a vacuum, removing 200 snakes from the wild will allow those 11,800 mice to survive and reproduce. In the end, rounding up and destroying 200 rattlesnakes easily results in over 100,000 mice, rats, and other rodents being added to the population over a year's time. Yeah, it's anti-rattlesnake roundup. That's pretty cool. Like the numbers. And yes, uh, so I can spout what I was going to spout a moment ago because is it, it is true. So the the picture that he posted from Sea Turtle Conservancy, um, it par- they partner with Phalo, F-A-H-L-O, and it's the bracelets. I take all my jewelry off when I come home. So I don't have any, I don't have anything on, but it's, my, it's my sea turtle bracelet that you got us for Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it, and it, it tracks, it, 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 tracks, tracks sea it tracks your sea turtle. Like each bracelet is attached to a certain animal. To a specific spe- yes. So they have, you were about to say Pacific. That's they, an ocean. No, 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 no. They. Pacific animal. N- stop. Could be an Atlantic animal. They have elephants. They have sharks. They have sea turtles, penguins, lions, polar bears, and they just got giraffes. They just partnered with a giraffe organization because that's the new animal. The turtle one or the shark one would be more interesting because they're going to travel long distances. The turtles are pretty cool. Um, the elephants don't do much because I'm pretty sure they're all on like protected property reserve type situations. Uh, the polar bear, we got our niece a polar bear for Christmas. Um, Bought our whole polar bear? Yes. And it moves a lot. Well, yeah, they're alive. They move so that's kind of cool. Uh, this was neat. The largest turtle that ever lived is now, is the now extinct. I'm not going to butcher that name. Just know that it's a scientific name. Uh, from the Northern Western interior seaway, an ancient sea, which divided the North American continent. This ancient Cretaceous sea was also inhabited by mosasaurs, plesiosaurs, and large seabirds. The live weight of this thing was estimated at 4,500 pounds. God. It's a big fucking turtle. That's huge. The skeleton measures 15 feet long from beak to the end of tail. It's a big fucking turtle. So you can go help those babies escape to the water. <laughs> Comes out like a grown turtle. Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's a whole dinner plate. <laughs> Good Lord. But the you may want to go check it out. There's a picture that got posted. It's a, it's a big fucking turtle. It was posted earlier tonight too. So it's going to be towards the top. Just can you imagine like, if shit that was still alive now, that's why I always tell kids, like, I, well, so I teach kids about dinosaurs and all, and uh, they're like, what would happen if we still had T-Rex? I was like, we would not exist. It's like, if we still had T-Rex, 
we're not here. We don't we don't evolve to this point. So like all these cool reptiles, and if they still exist, yeah, we don't we don't survive. We're not here. This is why you don't get in the water. Uh, nope, not doing it now. Even this shit that's smaller now, I'm not doing it. They're faster than me, and they're better in the water than me. Meh. This 15 foot turtle would have killed me, <laughs> or I would have ridden it. One of the two would have happened, or both. Both could have happened. Uh-huh. You look tired. I am. Wake up. I can't. Okay. Uh, so, all right. I promise it's not the podcast. I've been tired this time of the night, every night for the last like three weeks. Because I go back to your old. I can't help it. <laughs> Third watch, grade is exhausting. Watch Wheel of Fortune. Eat, give me, eat give me twenty-three more wake-ups during this during the week, and I will get on a worse schedule. Get on a worse schedule. Yeah, like I'll stay up until two in the morning, like you do. And then sleep till 10 in the morning. That seems like a great schedule. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I know people like that have that schedule. That's us during the summer. Well, me during uh, the years, I stay up till 2 and wake up at 6. So I can't function if I don't have like 7 hours of sleep. Eh. So you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> or, you, or you cannot. There was something else I wanted to bring up. I don't remember what it was. I blame you. All right. Uh, Giveaway? Oh, our, I think I reminded about our giveaway. That's was that what it was? No, but I should have said oh. it at the beginning. Uh, anybody that's listening, if you're still listening, go uh, check out our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Either one, it's pinned at the top. We are giving, well, I say we, Colossal Constrictors is giving away a free Herpstat thermostat. All you have to do is go over to our Facebook page, uh, find our, your favorite episode that we've done. We've now done 164 of them. Tell us your favorite episode. Uh, Share that episode on your Facebook, um, and then go give Colossal Constrictors a like on Facebook or Instagram. They're a great follow. Give them a like, and then you're entered. And then we are going to have Colossal Constrictors on the first week of May. Yeah, on the second. We're going to have them on, and then we'll pull the winner. And so somebody's going to win a free thermostat for just telling us which episode you liked out of 164 episodes. And honestly, you could lie to me. You could just go pick one, throw a dart at a wall and pick one and tell me it was your favorite and then just share it. That's what I want. Um, but yeah, go over there check that out. Get you a free thermostat from Colossal Constrictors. So, Lewis, if people want to get a hold of you. That's so weird. What? My, my coworkers, that's what they call me at school. Me too. It is, it is, <laughs> it is weird to say my last name. I was like, what? Name. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lewis, if people wanted to get a hold of you, uh, talk to you about your feeder stuff or get feeders from you, uh, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram. It's going to be a Lil's Shop of Horrors on all of those. Uh, you could also message me personally on my page, uh, Louis Batoy, and we can help you out there. Either, either of those, we do have a website you can check out. We don't have ordering on there yet, and uh, we have meetups all around Texas. Let us know the areas that you're in. Uh, this weekend, we'll be up in Austin. Uh, and we have a buy one get one uh, free deal on our medium and small rats as while nice. supplies last. So uh, let us know. And we also ship dubias and Madagascar, all of our insects. We ship them nationwide. So, and I will share that stuff over on our Facebook page. Um, but it's L I L apostrophe S when you look for for Lil's Shop of Horrors. So Correct. don't type little Lil's. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I have that theme song stuck in my head. From the Little Shop Horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to have you on as a sponsor. I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, also excited to feed out rodents. I need to feed my snakes. I got to pull rodents. 
I don't know why you're telling me. Because maybe you'll remind me. I got to pull rabbits. I'll try to remember. Max will make it easy. Just pull them out. Let them sit on the counter. Good to go. Yep. Who just said feed me? Nathan Katz. Oh. Who's late to the party. Sorry, Nathan. We're about to say goodnight. (laughs) I'm tired. Go play with your retakes, Nathan. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for coming on. Uh, Hang out a little bit. Everybody else, thanks for watching. We will be back next week with somebody. Yes, because it's. I, I remember writing down who it was. Yeah, we'll be back with somebody. We'll make week. a post about it's it. Save somewhere. We'll make <laughs> just just pay attention. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, and we'll be back. Good night. Thanks, everyone.